talking about a love for God's word, a love for God's word, and this is part two as we spend this time around the word. Now, two weeks ago, I shared part one, and in case you didn't manage to get a hold of that message, I encourage you, go onto our website, listen to the MP3, it's really easy, and it's free of charge. And anytime you might miss out on a message, uh, please take advantage of that or else pick up a CD or DVD after the service. So as we continue today under this title of the message, A Love for God's Word, it forms part of our theme for the year, which is growing in God's Word. Please say that with me, growing in God's Word. One more time, growing in God's Word. That is what we are believing the Lord is going to be doing and is already doing this year. So let's kick off by launching straight into our first point of four points. Number one, the blessedness of following the word. Please say that with me. The blessedness of following the word. In a moment's time, I'm going to ask you to look at Psalm 119. We're going to read all 176 verses of Psalm 119. Just kidding. Don't get nervous in the service. Now, we are going to read a little bit of it. We'll get to that in a moment. But it is a beautiful passage. We're going to read the first 16 verses shortly. It is beautiful. And the reason that I felt to read this passage is because um, it can help to stir up our love for God's Word. It can help to stir up our appreciation some passages in the Word of God, when you look at them, it does something in terms of stirring up that love and that passion. Now, I do realize that some of you are exceedingly passionate about the Word of God. I also realize that there are others that you are only learning to begin to do this. You weren't sort of uh, raised with this love for God's Word. But I'm trusting that corporately for everyone, even those who are passionate about the Word of God, we're going to grow in our love for the Word of God this year. Now, something interesting about this passage is that in some Bibles, the heading before the section of Psalm 119 is entitled, In Praise of Scriptures. In Praise of the Scriptures, shall I say. And I thought that that is so beautiful. Because what is it saying? It's saying essentially to extol the scriptures, to extol the scriptures or to praise the scriptures. Have you ever thought about that before? Extolling the scriptures, praising the scriptures. Because let me say, when you extol the scriptures, you are in essence extolling God. And that is so beautiful. You can give me a little bit more level on my microphone, please. And in terms of extolling the scriptures, we're extolling God. It's all about worshiping the perfection of his word. Do you know that God's law is perfect, as the scripture says? And we, uh, we extol the perfection of God's word. Now, by the way, in, if you read in the New King James Version, through all of the verses of Psalm 119, which is the longest song in the Bible, it's interesting that all but four of the verses contain some title or description of the Word of God. 
It might be using another word like precepts or ways or your commandments. So it's very interesting. Out of the 176 verses, there's just four that don't include that, but 172 verses contain some title or description of the Word of God. Is the Word of God important? Absolutely. Now, let's read together. Let's enjoy this time of reading the Word. Psalm 119, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. It is on your screen or following your own Bible. Verse 1 to verse 16. Verse 1 says, Joyful. Some translations say blessed. Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful or blessed are those who obey His laws and search for Him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil, and they walk only in his paths. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Can you see the heart of the psalmist in a love for the word of God and a desire to please God in his word? Verse 6, then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. Please do not give up on me. On to verse 9. How can a young person stay pure? This is a major thing for young people, but not only for young people. How can I stay pure? Well, the Bible says by obeying the word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I have recited aloud all the regulations you have given us. I have rejoiced in all your laws as much as in riches. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. And verse 16 says, I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. Do you see that? And by the way, the delighting in your decrees reminds me of Psalm 1, which we were looking at, I think, two weeks ago, which says, blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord. Here we see that same idea. I will delight in your decrees, and look at this, not forget your word. Now, I want to ask you, in the last five years in your life, if you've been a believer for the last five years, have you forgotten the decrees of the Lord? Have you forgotten His word? There might be people that say, yeah, I actually have. I've slipped way back in terms of this, but let me tell you, God is calling you back to his word, and his word will strengthen you and build you up and cause you to rise up in faith in a new way. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, and so be expectant, even though you might have been in a time of being spiritually starved in terms of the word of God, God's saying to you today, man shall live, truly live, and come alive by the word of God. You cannot live on bread alone. But you have to live on the word of God. And some people are saying, well, why is my life not turning out in certain ways with certain blessing? I want to say, let the word of God dwell in you richly and you will see the benefits that come from that. Now, in this passage that we just read, 
Notice the underlined words as we were going through. I wrote the underlined words. They were instructions, laws, paths, commandments, decrees, righteous regulations, word. Some other translations include some other words like testimonies, ways, precepts, statutes, judgments, direction, counsel. So all of these words are, listen to this, referring to the word of God. And it's actually wonderful that Scripture has so many ways and many words to refer to the Bible. You don't only have to see the word Bible or word or whatever. It, you can see words like your ways, your decrees, your statutes. And it is all talking about the Word of God. Now, in all of this, when you look at a passage like that, those first 16 verses of Psalm 119, what is it saying to you? What is the take home for you? What do you really understand? And I would submit to you the following, that this is telling you to truly delight yourself in the word of God. It's telling you fall in love with scripture, fall in love with the beautiful word that God has taken the greatest care to get into your hands. And it's saying to you fall in love with the word of God. And I want to encourage you and say that might be a new concept to you, but may it be stirred by the Holy Spirit in your heart that you would begin to see the Word as so precious. And when you open up the Word of God, that you would begin to see, wow, I'm so blessed to have this book, that I can look in it and learn more about the ways of the Lord Jesus. So I want to say, let the passion arise for the Word of God. Let the love arise for the Word of God. Because we are blessed when we love His Word. We are joyful when we love His Word. We are kept when we love His Word. So wonderful. Won't you say this after me out aloud? I am a follower of God's Word. I am a delighter in God's Word. My passion for God's Word is growing in Jesus' name. Now tell the person next to you, my passion is growing. My passion is growing for the Word of God. Number two, God's powerful Word on the inside equals impact on the outside. As you contemplate that for a moment, I wonder if you would actually agree with that. God's powerful word on the inside equals impact on the outside. Let's go to Hebrews 4 verse 12, which we referred to the other week. In the New King James Version, it says, For the word of God is living and, what's that next word? Powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. In essence, it is saying that the Word of God is powerful. But it's also saying it's so powerful that it gets into all these places. It gets into between soul and spirit and joints and marrow and gets right into your heart and discern things, discerns things. I want to tell you, don't underestimate the power of the Word of God. And God says that my Word endures forever, 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 forever. His Word endures so it is powerful. Now, because, listen to this, because His Word is powerful, when we get the Word of God on the inside, it is only logical to say that we will be more influential for Him, 
for his kingdom. Would you agree with that? If the word is powerful and you get it on the inside, that power, that dunamis on the inside of God's word, living alive and powerful, then it will cause you to have a greater influence around about you. But the issue is you have to get the word inside. You have to. And that's what we are so wonderfully doing together as a church. We are getting more and more of God's word inside. Be expectant of what he will do. Be expectant of the Lord using your life in an even greater way. And so we need to get the word inside. Listen to the statement. It says, as you grow in your heart knowledge of the word of God, your impact on the world will increase. Let me tell you a little story. It was, uh, I was 23 years of age. I have the wonderful opportunity to go to Nassau in the Bahamas to visit the late Dr. Miles Monroe's church. So here we were. It was for a youth conference for the major part of the time, but we also attended some services outside of the youth conference and a lot of young people there and so on. Now, I was really struck by one thing. In interacting with a lot of these young people, most of them were from the church, some visitors as well, this is what struck me. I saw in these young people in the Bahamas, I saw a love and a passion for the Word of God that I did not see where I came from. It was remarkable. I saw that they had something here, and I had come visiting from a wonderful church, from my dad's church, where lots of tremendous things were happening in the kingdom of God, but I came into an environment where I saw a richer level of the deposit of the word of God in those young people, and I could see they were serious about the word of God, and it really struck me, left an impression on me, and then I thought about Dr. Miles Monroe, who went to be with the Lord not so long ago, I guess about three years ago, he was a special friend of this ministry. And I believe it's fair to say that through his life, would you agree, he certainly made an impact on this world. He sure did. So many books, so many programs, conferences, traveling all over. He sure made an impact. And I believe that one of the key reasons why he made an impact on the world is this. He prioritized the Word of God. He spent a great deal, many hours, researching, studying the Word. That's why he would get up and begin to preach, and you would see this kingdom revelation coming out of him, this revelation of the purpose of each person. And many of the stuff, he, he got a lot of things from Genesis he loved. He said he spent about 36 of his years of his life focusing a lot on Genesis because God was teaching him so much through it. And I realized that part of the reason why there was a significant impact through his life is because he put the word on the inside. I'm asking you, are you putting the word on the inside? Come on, church. We're going to be doing this in a greater way. But also, not only in his own life. He put the word on the inside of those around him. Those young people, I could see a difference in them because they were strong in the word of God. God is talking to us. Let us hear. He wants to take this church and churches in this nation to greater levels of influence, but I believe that one of the precursors to that is greater deposit in the word of God, because those that know God shall do great exploits for him. Come on, say amen. amen. Those that know God shall do great exploits for him. Praise the Lord. So God's powerful word on the inside equals impact on the outside. But let me tell you this. 
It's not about head knowledge. It's about heart knowledge. We have to have the word of God in our hearts. The Bible says, I hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And it says the people that know their God will do great exploits for him. Some theologians are very learned people. They know the Bible, but many of them do not know God. They do not know the living God. There are theological institutions even in this city and around this country where you can go to receive your degree, your master's, whatever, in theology. And you know what? They teach good theory, but they do not lead their students to discovering the very person of the Word, the living Word of God, Jesus Christ. And so they have a lot of dead religion. And what somebody says that they have a lot of degrees, but no temperature. (laughs) You want a lot of temperature. You want the fire of God within you. And let me tell you, if you are seeking the word under the power of the Holy Spirit, it is certainly going to fire you up because God's word is powerful. I want to say that again. If you are seeking the word of God under the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit, it will fire you up because his word does that. By the power of the Holy Spirit, it does that. Ronald Bonker used to say, God's word in your mouth is as powerful as his word in his mouth. It will not return to him void. Won't you say that with me? God's word in your mouth is as powerful as his word in his mouth. Number three, God's word shows us our true selves and gives us the opportunity to change. God's word is a change agent. Let's read a lovely passage. It's in James chapter 1, verse 21 to 25. If you have your Bible, open it, look inside of it. Reading from the New King James Version, it says here, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and, look at this, receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. What do you think it means when it says receive the implanted word? It would appear, if I understand it correctly, that when you are born again, you receive a sacred deposit of the word of God in your life. And then out of that deposit, you need to begin to grow and develop it. But praise the Lord that his word has been engrafted into you. Praise God that you have the ever-living seed of God within you. Come on, church. You have the ever-living seed of God, his word within you. It says in verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into, and I love this part, the perfect law of liberty. Please say that with me. The perfect law of liberty. I'm not talking about getting into bondage of the old covenant law, the ceremonial laws under Moses. No, no, no. I'm talking about all the laws and precepts that you see in the word of God because that is the law which is perfect. It is the law of liberty. It's the law that sets people free. So this is not at all about getting into bondage. But he looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues to it in it and is not forgetful. 
but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed. Please say the word blessed. This one will be blessed. You want to be more blessed this year? Here is a recipe of the Word of God being within you, looking into the perfect law, keeping on looking into it, and God does a work in your life, and you begin to experience greater blessing. Can you say amen? amen. So God's Word shows us our true selves and gives us the opportunity to change, and as we change, we experience greater blessing. Now. When the Word of God is held up before you, imagine me holding up my Bible here. I hold up the Word before me. It is like a mirror. It actually shows me myself, and it shows me God, and it helps me. And the wonderful thing is the Word of God does, does not lie. <laughs> you know, sometimes you say a photo never lies because it shows you what you really look like. But how much more the Word of God, as you look into the Word of God, it shows you yourself for the purposes of transformation. And so when we look into the Word of God, we actually see the real picture. We can see things clearly. Because I've discovered that many times we have a picture of ourselves, but it's not accurate. And when we look at the picture in God's Word, we see the real situation. For instance, let's imagine a husband, and he thinks he treats his wife well. He says, I look after her, put a roof over her head, she drives a nice car, I look after my wife. But let's say that he doesn't actually treat her well. But then the one day, by the grace of God, he's reading a bit of scripture, and it says in that scripture, it says, live with your wife, as the scripture says, in an understanding way. And suddenly, the Word of God is going to work. And he's realizing, you know what? I haven't been honoring my wife. I haven't been even showing her affection. I haven't been speaking kind words to my wife. And God's Word begins to go to work, and the man begins to change for the glory of God. That's what the Word of God does. It shows you the real picture and enables you to change. Maybe another example. Maybe a guy thinks, well, my language is fine. I, I, I don't use such bad language. Maybe about every one in 60 words is a bad one, but uh, I'm pretty good, you know? And then suddenly, he reads this part of Scripture, and it says, let no corrupt communication proceed over your mouth, but only what is beneficial and edifying for the hearers. You see, suddenly what happens is this powerful word of God that cuts right between the bone and the marrow and so on, it begins to go to work in this person's life. And if he just allows God, he begins to change and becomes more of a beautiful man of God. Do you see what the word of God can do for you? And so I want to say that, listen... If you are wanting to experience change this year, positive change, if you are wanting to experience improvement this year, the best thing that you can do is look into the perfect law of God and keep looking into it and you will change like you cannot believe. I was thinking that sometimes there's these popular adverts about you want to see the real new the, the, the real you, the new you this year, then just take a hold of this, dye your hair this color because you're worth it. <laughs> You've seen that. 
They promise the world. They make you think you're just going to open that packet of vitamins and suddenly you're going to have a six pack. I don't know how it works, you know. But let me tell you this. When you're talking change, when you're talking real change, there's nothing that can change your life than the Word of God. And so I want to say to you, people of God, keep looking into the Word. Keep looking into the Word and allow it to change you. Don't allow yourself to be forgetful. Because if you're not forgetful of the word, then it can change you. Psalm 119 verse verse 16 is on your screen. It's the last one that we read in Psalm 119 early on. It says, I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. Not forget your word. Holy Spirit, please help us this year. Please help us this year. We don't want to forget. We don't want to forget. We want to keep on looking into the word. Let's go on to point number four as I'm drawing it to a close. This is a brief point. Crucial to discovering God's word is God's spirit. Please say that with me. Crucial to discovering God's word is God's spirit. Do you realize that the spirit of God is your partner? He's your senior partner leading you into the things of God. Let's look at the verse, John 16 verse 13 in the Good News Bible. It says, When the Spirit, please say the Spirit, when the Spirit comes, who reveals, reveals, reveals the truth about God, He will lead you into all truth. He will not speak on His own authority, but He will speak what He is and will tell you of things to come. Do you see, folks, the key here, I would submit to you that based on this passage of Scripture, the key is the person of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, because He takes the things of Jesus and reveals it to you. In your Bible reading, when you read in Matthew chapter 8, He takes the things of God and reveals it unto us. And we cannot discover the riches of God and our spiritual inheritance without the assistance of the Holy Spirit. He's the one who opens our spiritual eyes. He opens our spiritual ears and makes the truth come alive in us. And so as you are reading the word of God this year, I want to say to you, Be open to those little whispers of the Holy Spirit where He just speaks something into your heart. Be open because He wants to do wonderful things in you. Now, I want to end off just telling you this. When I was in Bible college, there was something that in one of our books, one of our lectures came out which I found very helpful. And this is it. It's on the screen. The Word alone will cause you to dry up. The Spirit alone will cause you to blow up. (laughs) But the Word and the Spirit working together will cause you to be built up. And that's what we are after, being built up in the things of God. And so as a church, you cannot focus on the Word alone. You cannot focus on the Spirit alone. Now, We would generally be seen as a charismatic church. For lack of a better term, I guess we are charismatic. Some people say charismaniacs, hopefully not, all right? We are perhaps a charismatic church, and some would argue that charismatic churches are known for going overboard on the things of the Spirit to the neglect and detriment of the Word of God. 
But I want to declare that by God's grace, that is not going to happen here. And we are going to honor the Word of God and hold it in high esteem. Yeah, put your hands together. We're going to honor the Word of God and hold it in high esteem. And so I want to say, let us be diligently, steadfastly standing on the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit, together with the precious Word of God, is going to cause us to be built up. And He's going to cause us to be an influence in this nation and beyond. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Amen. Let's stand and pray together. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you have got us on a journey at this point in time. It's an exciting journey. And we just want to say we surrender our lives. We surrender your plan. Cause your word to become alive in us like never before, ever. Like we've never ever experienced in our lives before. Cause your word to come alive. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to powerfully reveal the things of Jesus to us. Reveal the living word to us. And we are expectant of what you will do. We give you the thanks and the praise. And we all say, Amen. Amen.